I love Harrison Ford, so I had very high expectations with this movie. The future, robots that look like humans, futuristic city, flying cars. <laughs> Everything a growing boy could want. <laughs> I cannot explain how overrated this movie is. The movie does not explain anything about what is happening. Not wrong. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> if you are a hardcore science fiction person, action person, or any human being that has ever lived, you will hate this movie. <laughs> wow. The entirety of humanity that's ever lived. I love how that Venn diagram expanded really rapidly. Yeah. That was a one-star review from IMDb. Everyone in humanity? Any human being that has ever lived. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte hates this film. <laughs> if Queen I Victoria this to somebody from Macedonia, number one, what is this thing you're doing? <laughs> number two, I hate, I feel like it was wrote in places. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I'm Stephen, joined as always by Andrew. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Wow, that was rude. That, that was actually incredible. I was offended on your behalf. I take my hello and I see my replica. Which one of us is real, Andrew? Quick, ask us questions. Oh, no. So we mentioned overrated sci-fi films in our one-star review. If that didn't clue you in, maybe the fact that we're talking about Blade Runner Whoa. will clue you in. Hot takes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little overrated. I, I, I could very easily see someone making that argument and they it, wouldn't be necessarily wrong. But they also wouldn't also they also wouldn't be correct either. Right. It's it's a it's one of those movies. It's, it's a, definitely it's a one of those nuanced yeah. topics. Yeah. But yes, that is a 1982 sci-fi film. It's a good year. It was a good year. Directed by Ridley Scott and starring Harrison Ford. But before we go in too deep into the Blade Runner universe, is the Blade Runner universe a thing? That's a thing, there, right? There 2049? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's yeah. Uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus, which is... Uh, oh, that's right. In, yeah. Yes. I haven't okay. seen that. I haven't either. Yeah, I don't know if it's any good. Me neither, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it does exist. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, before we dive into the Blade Runner universe, we're going to divert and take a look and maybe discuss a couple other Harrison Ford offerings. Yep. This does not have to be <laughs> your favorite. does not have to be the best. But, so, but every film of his filmography is open. Yeah, it, you can if you want to do Star Wars. Star Wars is free, free <laughs> and fair. Indiana Jones, go for it. No judgment. And if you didn't do it, there may be some judgment from listeners or other people. So buyer beware. Yep. Well, when we're listening every, to their podcast, we can hear who they pick. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I'll start off. Patriot Games, 1992. Ooh, Jack Ryan. Living dangerous here. Love that movie. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Sean Bean is the bad guy in that one. So in that one, Jack Ryan... Uh, does, does Sean Bean die in that film? I'm sure he does. <laughs> He's in the movie, correct? Yes, yes he, he dies, dies in that film. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jack Ryan, like, foils a um, terrorist attempt by the IRA and, like, ends up killing a dude. And his brother, Sean Bean... Yep gets out of uh, prison and then is like, I got to get revenge. And then he goes after Jack Ryan and his Classic. family. Hilarity ensues. No, not hilarity. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> is that, is that, that's the one that has the, uh, the boat at the end. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think Just of all give the, it all away. Of oh, all the Jack Ryan geez. films, that's not a spoiler. There's a boat at the end. I'm not watching that. <laughs> uh, of all the Jack Ryan films that Harrison Ford did, I think he did three, I believe. I two. think he did two. Two? two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's my favorite. I like I like Patriot Games. Okay, okay. well that's some... that's a that's a great jumping off point because I want to just wrest this from your hands. Take it like a boat hook, if you will. <laughs> I can't believe he said Patriot Games is the best Jack Ryan film. I my agree. favorite Harrison Ford Jack Ryan film. Man, well, oh, no, 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 no. It, it doesn't matter. You're still, wrong. You're Either still way, that's fine. Ways, yeah. Because 1994's Clear and Present Danger exists. It's extremely good too, like, and it's better. We're splitting hairs, but okay. <laughs> and. Part of the reason why I think it was better, for mm -hmm. me at least, is yeah. I actually saw it in theaters. I did not see Patriot Games So if you'd theaters. seen Patriot Games in theaters, it you could have it's been. better? It could, could have augmented have it. Yeah. yeah wow. They, they could have done something We there. do live in the darkest time. I mean, because it did have Sean Bean in it. It did. How much Sean Bean is in Clear and Present Danger? Just a zero. For zero. keeping score? Okay. He, he I'm just going to write a zero <laughs> on the wall. Y'all keep going. Yeah. But so this is a sequel to Patriot Games. Mm-hmm. And... Basically, just in name because it's really just the same characters, and, <laughs> right. and the plot doesn't carry over. Who directed that one? Do you remember? Ooh, that is uh, Philip Noyce. So he did Patriot Games. Okay, so but so at least it's the same. Brutalized his name. 
uh, and obviously based on Tom Clancy novels here, kind of your your classic uh, spy, espionage, military thrillers. Have you guys read any Tom Clancy, by the way? I have, yes. I have not. I've read a few. I like them. I, I read some that were kind of placed in a more modern era where it's kind of very internet-based stuff. And I thought those were pretty good. Yeah. But we're not there yet because yet. we're still in 1994. And 1994, <laughs> we have Jack Ryan stumbling upon a covert CIA war being waged against a Colombian drug cartel with tacit approval by the president. Tacit being tacit. the key word. Yes. <laughs> and then... Shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Shenanigans <laughs> ensue. I, I I definitely like Clear and Present Danger more than I like Patriot Games. So so I'll see you mm-hmm. one Sean Bean, and I will raise you Willem Dafoe. Ooh, yeah, like William Dafoe. He's a good bad guy. Willem Dafoe. Will, yeah. Willem. You forget yourself. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> William Dafoe. That's my father. I am Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, okay, so. I did not go with Star Wars or Indiana Jones or Jack Ryan Ryan, because I already knew that one of them was going to be taken. I had a feeling that there was going to be another one taken. I didn't realize how dangerously I was was walking here because I almost picked. I was like, Patriot Games? Like, no, clear and present wins. You were were almost like you were in clear and present danger. Oh, Oh, also, I know that it's a favorite of yours, too. So It it is, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I picked the 2011... Oh, no. Cowboys versus aliens. No. <laughs> <laughs> you sociopath. You, you bad man. <laughs> Duh, uh, uh, so the the Sean Bean scale. He is not in this film. Uh, <laughs> so two a, zeros to a, my one. A, I'll take the score. It's a binary scale. He's either there. He's not. <laughs> it is dire- directed by John Favreau, and unfortunately, this is not a good film. Not the best Favreau film. <laughs> I will say, uh, but it does have Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde in it, which was fun. Sure. And uh, so the <laughs> a spaceship lands in 1873 Old West. A posse of cowboys and natives are all that stand in their way from taking over the world. I've never seen this movie. I have not either. I've seen pieces of it. I feel like on TV. Okay, so it's not a good film. No, I could have told you that from the trailer <laughs> or just How, the title. However, <laughs> it is kind of still a fun film okay kind the, of it, still a well, fun film strong recommendation it's it's one of those it is one of those <laughs> films. andrew looked at star wars and indiana jones <laughs> and said nah this this it's is like, what i'm it's gonna like, present. I, it's one of the films harrison ford you mean one of the best no no it's one of the, the films, films harrison ford in. Has been in. <laughs> you could have picked fugitive <laughs> so i have seen 23 air force harrison one, ford air force films, one. <laughs> and i picked this one <laughs> And I will have to live with this decision for the rest of I my mean, life. There, like, there's being a hipster, and then there's this. No, okay, no. <laughs> Gotta be there, different. There are honestly some Are you pretty... okay? Do you need to talk about anything? <laughs> Do we need a doctor? The, the film is so bad that it's good. Okay. Because going into the film, knowing that it is terrible... You enjoy it more. You enjoy okay. it more. Because there's a it lot is... of movies that are like that. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. The The conceit is awful. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's right there in the title. Yeah, like it. They tried to make it like a sci-fi generic, like at like sci-fi action now, film. Give me the title again. Cowboys versus Aliens. So if they had renamed this to just like Prey, it would have done great. It. it well, if oh, they didn't have a, a much, I would have liked it more. No, no, no. If they didn't have a much <laughs> larger cast, mm-hmm. yeah. like it, you know, like the reason why Prey is good is because of a very small, it's a very small cast, local cast. This is like. Take over the world level aliens that mm-hmm. are like planning on enslaving humanity and all this other kind of stuff. And so they need the Avengers. But we're going to start in Dodge City. <laughs> yeah. And then they lose. Yeah. That's because, why they started small because they weren't sure if they could do it. And they found out the answer was no. <laughs> yeah. Because, because cowboys, you know, and Indians. And, in, and yeah. They're just so uh, cowboys. Native Americans. We'll say Native Americans. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's not a good film. Uh, I. I don't really think I'd recommend it either. Then why are we still <laughs> talking are we about? No, <laughs> it's an oddity in his career. <laughs> the the goal was to pick a Harrison Ford film. Oh, you sure there picked was, one? There was no reason why I had to pick Star Wars or Indiana Jones. No, no, we didn't. We didn't pick either of those. Fugitive. You didn't pick. There that are either? people listening to this that are trying to drive their car off the road right now. <laughs> they didn't even mention Raiders. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we also have Air Force One. Firewall so was Air not Force terrible. One was my backup if if you guys took it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you'd done any Jack Ryan, I was gonna go Air Force yeah, One. Yeah, Fugitive was my backup. 
Yeah, yeah and I mean, Fugitive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Fugitive's an easy one. Probably his most— Yeah, so um, easy. You could have done it, and yet, here we are. Yeah, no. Cowboys, Cowboys versus, versus aliens, aliens, man. So, uh, we saw it in theaters. Uh, fantastic. Oh <laughs> fantastic. And, and you know, did you go into the theater knowing it was bad at the time, or were you like, this we, is going to be cool? We went into the theater because mm. it was Harrison Ford, Olivia Wilde, and Daniel Craig. Sure. That was it. Only reason. I mean, for, for the listeners at home who don't know this yet, Andrew will consume any garbage placed in front of him. <laughs> I will I will gladly spite watch things. We have to keep wrappers out of in front of him from like candy bars <laughs> that we've eaten because he'll just start eating them. Yeah, yeah. I just, they just disappear. He'll consume anything. Cleaner. Yeah, I, I had to watch um, all 131 episodes or 126 episodes, excuse me, of Dragon Ball Super to tell someone that it was a bad show. <laughs> wow. It took you that long to figure it out, huh? No, no, I knew from the beginning. I'll call you back in one month and tell you that you're wrong. Pretty much. One month later. You're wrong! You're wrong! Hang up. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, one other thing Uh-oh. about Cowboys versus Aliens. Okay. <laughs> Just so I can't let this go. I'm trying to get a nugget of something out of it. So, it's, it's so bad that it's good. Yes. Right? It has Harrison Ford. It has Harrison Ford, Olivia Wilde, Daniel Craig. Is it like... The action and comedy is fun. Yeah, is it camp? What is it that no, makes it fun and good? The it's it's just kind of the action camp. Okay, right. Like, so it feels very similar to like um to kind of like a nineteen seventies like budget sci fi, okay. a monster from outer space. Yeah, kind, kind of. of yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, at the time that it was made in two thousand eleven, there's a lot of like realism tropes that that mm-hmm. tried to kind of find their way into the film, and I think that's what really mm-hmm. took away from it. Okay. If they really leaned hard into kind of the more fun aspect of like, oh, these are cowboys fighting <laughs> actual aliens, then it would probably have been a little bit more. Well, I think John Favreau could have done a good yeah. job with yeah, that so kind they of. Yeah, he's a good director. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate. I think that it just hit at a weird time. And they were trying to insert a lot of things that just didn't really need is to be Is that there. based off of a book or a comic book or anything? I have absolutely no idea. Fantastic. I really hope it isn't. <laughs> it's probably a comic book, honestly, if I had to guess. Just, probably. Yeah. Just, and I have no information beyond this. <laughs> but I will say it was it's, full it's, conviction. It's, it's probably not even like Marvel or DC. It's like Dark Horse or something. <laughs> yeah. There's some good Dark Horse stuff. Oh, no. We've made I mean, no, yeah, you have, There's some you have good the Dark, Dark Horse. You have the Dark Empire series I know, from, I from know. Star Wars. Yeah, I think I feel like it is a comic book. Anyways, let's play. Please move past. It sure sounds like (laughs) (laughs) All righty. On that note, it is time to get back to the plot of this episode, which is absolutely not Cowboys versus Aliens. (laughs) We're here talking about 1982's Blade Runner. A uh, again, we did discuss the concept that maybe it's a little overhyped, but this is kind of the one of the quintessential foundational sci-fis, especially where cyberpunk-type aesthetics are Was discussed. there any cyberpunk before this? So uh, there were cyberpunk Kira? novels before yeah, this. But like, this is like the This film. is 82, so this is before Akira. This is yeah. before, before Akira. Right? Well, yeah. Akira definitely pulled a lot from, mm-hmm. from yeah. Blade Runner as inspiration for yeah. ju- just, the, just the city. And and just kind of the overall feel. And again, it's based off of the Philip K. Dick novel. Um, what is it? Do electric sheep? Do, do androids dream of electric sheep? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I'm sure Philip K. Dick may have had a few cyberpunk stories, but to my knowledge, I don't think there's any movie or TV show that had entered into the realm of this before Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. So Akira's 1988. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah. good bit later. I just I just wanted to confirm because I was pretty sure. Oh yeah, that it was you know, later. it was yeah, it was, it was late definitely 80s. Blade Runner was first. Akira came second. All right. Well, let's uh, continue with some nuggets of information. Uh, so this was a, I, I want to call it a relatively expensive film for the time, honestly. It's a $30 million budget. That's pretty high. With a, only a $41.5 million box office. Uh, it was not successful in the box office. No, it was no. actually <laughs> initially very polarizing, even with critics. And it kind of evolved into a cult classic and then eventually has become regarded as one of the best sci-fis of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's been a journey for it to get there. Went through multiple revisions. There have been seven different versions Ugh. released. Wow. I didn't realize it was that many. I it's, thought it was like four or five. I, I so, thought it was like at least seven. three or four. So a little bit of that is hedging, right? Because in America, you get one version. And in Europe at the time, you got the more violent version. Mm, yeah. Okay. And... Then we had the broadcast release, which was even more toned down from the American theatrical release. Mm-hmm. 
And all of those included something that a lot of people have run across in the theatrical, which is going to be the narrations. Yeah. We're going to get into that maybe a little later, maybe not a whole lot here. I think all of us watched what is called the final cut. Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, I, throughout the years, I have seen, I know the theatrical cut. I know the, I, I've seen, definitely seen the TV version. The second version that Ridley Scott came out with and then mm-hmm. I've seen this one. I think yeah, I've only seen but, three different versions. But the, the final cut is is definitive version of the Yeah, film. it's the so, one to watch. Yeah. So it's it's important to note here for all of those prior versions before the final cut, Ridley Scott did not have final creative say until that last version. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would definitely consider it the definitive to watch if you're going to watch it now. Uh, the theatrical version, which I have also seen does not do this nearly as much justice. The narration just does not help a lot. And we'll get into that here in a moment, but something that did help a lot, the music by Vangelis. Yeah. Which is a shortening or a moniker. He's a Greek composer, and I am not going to remotely attempt to pronounce his name. <laughs> Please try it just one time. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> can, we, can we just get just a one try? No, I don't, I don't even have it fully written out to do this. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. No. Okay. Uh, most famous for doing uh, Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this movie had huge influence and also uh, led to Philip K. Dick, which is uh, Brian already alluded to, was a adaptation for this. Mm-hmm. Who he's a huge fan of this movie. Oh, really? And the you know there are, there are a lot of authors, and I don't know how much input or say he had, but there are a lot of authors who, you know, despise the movie version, uh, Stephen King comes to mind. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or they just basically try and remove themselves completely from... Right. Yeah. And I don't, like I said, I don't think uh, Philip had a lot of say or anything in this. Yeah. But he he loved the castings. He, like, when he saw clips of it, he said, like, this, this is exactly what I wanted. What I was picturing. Yeah. 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 So they, they did do a good job of adaptation from you know, the author's perspective. Yeah. Uh, but it did also kind of funnily enough kick off a, a stream of his books being adapted into mm-hmm. sci-fi movies. So you have like Total Recall, Minority yep. Report, uh, A Scanner Darkly, all have been movie adaptations of his novels. I, yeah. I've read a few Philip K. Dick novels, and they're they're good, good mm-hmm. stuff for sci-fi. I have not read uh, the one Blade Runner is based off of. Yeah, I've always wanted yeah. to check it out. Yeah, I, I haven't need either. To, I need yeah, to check that out. Definitely something to do. But uh, I guess we'll uh, let's let's talk score. Mm-hmm. So we take through the modern miracle of genetic splicing. <laughs> we look at five categories, that being the spectacle, the performance, the score, the plot, and the entertainment. Take all of our scores across those categories, zip, zop, zibbity, boop, splice them together. <laughs> this is, that's what science sounds that's like. That's what yeah. it sounds like. And that's what cyberpunk science sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come out to a score of eight. Yeah. Eight. Eight. I, I think, that's, I think that is fair? very fair. For the final cut. Now, depending on who you yeah. ask, right, this is the definitive sci-fi cyberpunk movie yeah. ever. Eight? Yeah. I, I think, I, to I, me, like, the crazy thing about this movie is that, like, on certain days, you could tell me Blade Runner's an eight, and I'd be like, you're crazy, it's higher. And other days, you could be like, Blade Runner's an eight, and I'd be like, that sounds about right, or too high. Yeah. Like, yeah. this movie is a very, like, it's hard to pin down. It is. And, and yeah. I think that that was a big factor too in it being polarizing and taking oh, sure. quite some time for it to become as, I don't want to say revered, but as well received as it has been yeah. in the later years. Well, I mean, like there's so many bad reviews from the original release. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think people it, were ready for this type of movie, no. number one. But then the, the the studio meddling that led to the theatrical cut probably didn't help things at all. And, yeah. And there are definitely some bizarre moments where you just kind of have to, to do a double take at you the just, screen. You just like, have what? to accept it. Yeah. 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 All right. So instead of just, you know, focusing on what other people thought of it at the time or now, uh, let's just kind of throw out maybe some you know, general spoiler-free opinions, thoughts, what stood out, what didn't. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, so I've seen this movie a handful of times over the years, and the all the versions that I have seen were not the final cut until mm-hmm. when I was rewatching it for the review. Oh, so this is the first time you saw the final cut. Correct. Interesting. Okay. And I can absolutely say that watching this on the final cut 
mm-hmm. is a substantially better film than oh, all yeah. the other times I've seen this film. And um, one, just the the visuals just alone, even even for the theatrical, is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially for the for 1982, the visual aesthetic is just. I mean, like this is kind of one of the genres. Like cyberpunk is one of the genres that has one defined my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain extent, and my general like design aesthetic, if I'm a graphic designer, and just kind of how like the type of stuff that I look at, you yeah. Know, whenever whenever I try and like think of new ideas for things, like this is this is one of those quintessential pieces of media that has just completely changed a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Just just in yeah. visuals alone has nothing to do with the story. Has nothing to do with Harrison Ford. And it's inspired so many things. Right. Exactly. Just, yeah. just like the it, aesthetic. It, is, it has spawned so many different franchises and games and stories and all this other kind of stuff that just like you can't. It's so hard to quantify because yeah. I honestly don't really like the film. But yeah, on on like kind of like what you just said, Ryan. Like on any given day, like I could be like. Blade Runner is absolutely a 10 just because of what it did yeah. for just, you know, popular media period and sci-fi. Yeah. And then other days I'm like, I don't think it deserves an eight. I have to be in the mood to watch this movie. This, this is not like something you could just put on at any it's, time. It's definitely a mood film. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready in the mood for Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I think it is a flawed masterpiece is the mm-hmm. way I would describe it. Yeah. Right? Like it has, it's just like, it's essentially required viewing for anyone that is a fan of science fiction. Absolutely, I think like yes. it, just again for the historical importance of it, but also just because of how many things have been touched by this movie. Yeah, you know, like how many different franchises and things were inspired. Um, I think it oozes style. Mm-hmm. It is definitely though. I think a little bit more style over substance sometimes in terms mm-hmm. of like what happens in this movie, and it's. A bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, I would just say that as a warning to anybody. <laughs> slow, slow burn is yep. an understatement. Right. Like, so if it, just know going into it that this is not, when you, some people I think would think of 80s Bomb action, action movie. They see Harrison Ford with a gun in his hand on a poster or something, and they think this is going to be like, you know, Total Recall or, yeah. or, or something yeah. like that. This is not that. This, this is, is a very thing. slow movie. I, I think the other thing that, um, this movie does is it, it's it's a very thought provoking movie in that it brings up a lot of issues and ideas. Yeah, but it doesn't explore those ideas very fully. It's more of a like it gets you thinking about these yeah. ideas. So go into it knowing that too. That like if if you like movies that inspire you to think about, oh man, you know what about X Y Z? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good at that, but it doesn't get nitty gritty into a lot of the nope. things it brings up. Yeah, yeah. Stephen. Well, I will say, you know, kind of working off of that, that uh, after watching it, my wife said this was not what she expected. It was much slower. It's much mm-hmm. more of uh, almost an homage to kind of your neo-noir gumshoe detective style films. Yeah. Your black yeah. and white. Uh, and, and it is definitely a slow burn. It is not Indiana Jones. It is not Star mm-hmm. Wars. It no. is none of these kinds of things. It's basically the antithesis to most every Harrison Ford film. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. a very different role for him while still being his his iconic role. Yeah, because he, get, he gets surprised every time he gets punched. Uh, every time. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of being surprised when you're punched, I am shocked and appalled at myself because we didn't do a plot synopsis. We've been talking about this. Oh, man. And I'm going to throw one down now. Punch out that plot real quick. Yeah. So in the near future of 2019. Oh, no. I, I would just like to say <laughs> they had some big expectations going from 1982 to 2019 of what was going to happen. They really now. did, and I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> Flying cars, absolutely. Multicolor screens, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but in the near future, the police department forces former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, Harrison Ford, out of retirement, hunt four genetically engineered replicants who have escaped the colonies and returned to Earth. Designed to do difficult, hazardous work, the manufactured replicants are stronger, faster, and smarter than humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Daft Punk wrote a song about it. I'm, oh, sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's a <laughs> there lot of songs, a lot of songs about it. <laughs> I was joking, and then I was like, the joke became real. real. <laughs> uh, I will say, talking about uh, you know, the set and the look and feel of it, mm-hmm. uh, I've been to the Museum of the Moving Image, which is up in Astoria, New York. And mm-hmm. they have, as one of their displays, part of the big model of the uh, city scenes that they fly over. Yeah. 
And yeah, that thing, one, it's, it's quite large. I mean, it's, it's not huge for a scale model, but it's half my height, easy. Yeah. And it's just one part of one building. And yeah, just the looking at that and then seeing it on screen, one, wow, that translated really well. And two, the sheer amount of work that goes into these kinds of things is just, the, you just don't really see it a whole lot now, right? It's just big green screen, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on that opening shot where they use mm-hmm. that model, the way they did that without a computer was they ran the camera through a, a me- mechanized rig through the same path three times and triple exposed the film. So they did it once with like the city. Yep. Then they did it again with white cards taped on top of the buildings and they had tiny projectors that projected images of like, like the flames, fire, yeah, the, the fire. fire and, stuff. and then they recorded, exposed the film a second time. And then that got, and it had to be exact. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why they had to have a mechanized rig to do that. And they also had to account for the double exposure. So the first time they had to expose it like under what they mm-hmm. needed it to be. And this is all the stuff, the, the hoops they jumped through before, you know, nonlinear editing and computers. Yeah. Any were kind of digital of technology, you know, yeah. you, you just, hey, we messed it up. Well, we just burned a, re- a whole reel of film. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so who is this movie for and who is this movie not for? Any self-professed, sci-fi fan if you have not seen yeah. the if film you you're, you're seen already it. doing yourself a disservice yeah, you're, you're, i would also say if you've only seen the theatrical cut definitely absolutely. watch oh, yes. the final cut like 100%. give it another shot if, if you're listening to this and you're like i can't wait to listen to them bag on blade runner because the theatrical cut is terrible yeah i gotta talk about that narration right like i, I would give this another shot if, you, if you've only seen the earlier versions I, and i'll be completely honest i was fully expecting coming into this review mm-hmm. to to watch it before i watched the film yeah. to just completely rail on it really i was fully expecting it to because i yeah. like that's the thing is like this like watching the final cut honestly changed my opinion on the film right yeah i like, think that's like, a lot of people like and it was like a yeah. 180 of like oh well i remember watching this when i was a kid i don't i did not watch it when i was super young but i would say i probably came to it in like the 90s maybe late 80s yeah and I remember being bored to tears. And yeah. that was probably the theatrical version. <laughs> but I remember, like, you know, just wanting more action out yeah. of it as a kid. Well, you and would I, think with a name like Blade Runner, it would be a really right. action-heavy flick. Well, and again, this was the era of there were so many direct-to-video, cheesy sci-fi action movies. And, of course, I'd seen RoboCop by that point. You know, like, all these movies that are science fiction that yeah. have tons of action. I may have seen Total Recall by the time I watched this. I don't know the exact timeline. All I know... As as a kid, I was bored to tears, and I think I've I've personally watched at least three, maybe four of the versions that have yeah. been released, each time hoping to like it more. Uh-huh. And I think I've finally come to terms with it more as an adult after the final cut was released. Yeah, that like okay, this it is what it is. It's a a good movie, but I, I definitely think somebody who like shouldn't watch this is if you're just kind of a mild science fiction fan. It's probably going to be pretty boring. This is probably going to be pretty boring because it's kind of slow and it's very much a mood piece almost more than it is like a, you know, really introspective, yeah. you know, deep dive movie. So if, if you're just on the surface level kind of a science fiction fan, I would, I would steer clear. This is more for people who are definitely in the in, realm of yeah. science fiction a lot. If, if you do like um, noir kind of um, uh, like even say gumshoe detective Mm -hmm. style um, pieces. This is definitely kind of on that same realm. It just has a sci-fi motif to it. I would say though, that it's more of like the aesthetic of noir versus the story itself. Isn't as it's not, it's not a very deep story, right? Yeah, no, not really. Yeah. You're browsing the internet. Why am I here? It's, it's 2022. You just are. Okay. Now focus. You're browsing the internet. You see a website. What kind of website? Look, Leon, just follow along. Well, is it a nice website? Yes, Leon. It's a very nice website. With content, a Patreon, and Discord. Discord? Isn't that fighting? No, Leon. It's where their fans go to chat. Oh, what's what's the website called? SpoilersIntendedPodcast.com Okay, well, what, what am I doing there? You're learning about the spoiler wall, Leon. In fact, we believe there's a spoiler wall in all of us. W- wouldn't that be hard, fitting a wall inside of... Anyone? It's a metaphor, Leon. Now describe, in single words, your spoiler wall. Only the good things that come to mind. Spoiler wall? Let me tell you about the spoiler wall. Alrighty, everyone. In case you didn't get the message, it is all spoilers all the time from here on out. 
And I think before we get down into the nitty gritty of the score, I want to throw out just a couple of trivia. Trivia. And we're gonna we're gonna avoid the obvious and the known. You know, oh, Rutger Hauer, you know, altered the final monologue or these kinds of things. Harrison Ford hated the narration, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody's heard that, whether or not they've seen the movie. Uh, Harrison Ford. Hates I, most things. He hates basically like. everything. Besides I don't the like the narration. <laughs> so the first fun fact, and there's there's a theme with these trivia's, just mm-hmm. FYI, is there's a scene where uh, Pris encounters uh, JF Sebastian, mm-hmm. and she kind of like runs down the entrance of the building away from him, and slips and hits a car and breaks the window. Oh yeah, that was unscripted. Oh wow, really? It was so unscripted. That that is not fake glass. Ooh. She put her elbow through real glass. And then finished the shot. And finished the shot. Yeah, I the, don't think there's a cut right there, is no, there? The, no, the shot that is captured there is her putting her out. Like, she has multiple, like, chips in the bone on her elbow and, Holy like, scars moly. still from it. Yeah. Daryl so, Hannah going hard in the paint. Super <laughs> trooper here. Yeah. Like, wow. It's always, it's always so impressive when actors, like, do something like that, which is essentially a mistake, and they just keep going. And yeah. it guaranteed, did you hurt yourself badly? The director's like, I love it. We're keeping that one. <laughs> Every time. Uh, so again, following through with that theme, the jump that Deckard makes at the end from building to building. Oh, yeah. Uh, was not done by Harrison Ford. Done mm-hmm. by, you know, stunt double. And there were concerns because the, the stunt double was wearing an identical coat, but he hadn't been in the rain. So uh, Ridley Scott was basically just like, turn the hose on him. <laughs> and make him wet. So when he went to make the jump, the coat was so freaking heavy, he almost didn't make it. Oh, wow. And he actually, uh, I think, let me let me scroll real quick. I don't know. I think he, he either injured his arm or broke something in the middle of this. <laughs> wow. But that was on a set, set yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. above, you know, skyscraper. <laughs> right, yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't way up there. But it yeah, was, he badly hurt his arm on the beam and was just able to hold onto the ledge. So this that, movie injured multiple that arms. That is the shot that appears in the film. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> really, Scott's Man. like, there's pain. We put <laughs> I, it in. I love it. Keep it. <laughs> Break an arm and a leg. Well, we started uh, with two arms. Who's got a leg that looks... <laughs> so my, my last, and, and this is not injury related, although it could have led to some, <laughs> some form of injury. <laughs> but I thought this was really cool. So Ridley Scott cast uh, Rutger Hauer without ever meeting him. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's purely based on his prior performances in other movies. Okay. And, uh, you know, like Turkish Delight, uh, Katie Tipple, and Soldier of Orange. But, so, like, <laughs> those all legit stuff so like- that none of us, I don't recognize any of this, but Scott was so impressed, right? So he, he just, like, calls him, whatever, you're hired, be here, blah, 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 whatever. So because Howard had never met him, he decided to play a prank oh boy. on Scott. So he showed up for the first day of shooting with green sunglasses, pink satin pants, and a white sweater with the image of a fox on it. <laughs> so, and Ridley Scott was like, this is the coolest dude I've ever no, seen in my life. No, this course, is so cyberpunk. According to the, the production executive, when Scott saw Howard, he literally turned white. Like, oh, wow. oh my God, what kind of mistake did I make? <laughs> There's nothing weird in this movie. Why did I hire a weirdo? <laughs> All right. Well, on that, let's jump into some technical scores. Kicking it off with Spectacle, I thought Andrew was taking a drink, so I was going to make him go first, but yeah, go no, first no, no. anyways. I can, I can go. Yeah, no, I can do it. Um, I gave Spectacle a 10. Okay. Hachi uh, Machi. The, um, the visual effects for the time are uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but this is, compl- like, the aesthetic of this film just oozes so much style and yeah. so much that has influenced everything else that has come after it that I like, this is what you watch the film for, in my opinion. Yeah, is, absolutely. It's basically the, the general world of essentially it's Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dystopian Los Angeles. So Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, like you, you have this, this world, like the, the building design, the lighting, just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. The, the general um, uh, oriental aesthetic, mostly all Japanese, yeah. uh, that kind of it permeates, which, you know, that's kind of one of those things where as you um, watch more sci-fi, this is like 
basically oriental influence is very common in mm -hmm. a lot of of general sci-fi if you watch like firefly, firefly yeah. outlaw star those kind of things mm -hmm. like it has a very mandarin level kind of influence because at some point like it's just such a large culture it's going to permeate a lot of other places yeah yeah and uh like blade runner just nails it just yeah. perfectly like every single time the lighting choices that that ridley scott uses in this film are just fabulous especially in the final uh action set piece mm, of yeah. him like running through like the 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 rain and mm -hmm. the the dilapidated building with all the uh like the you know the dolls and everything it's such a creepy set oh it's so creepy yeah. and it's i mean it's just fabulous i can't i can't like I, if i could give it higher i would just because of how well influenced this film is nice i'll right. jump in yeah I gave it a nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for most of the same reasons. I think the cinematography is incredible. I think the lighting, especially, like, yeah, the really, lighting is, oh. really, like, there's so many scenes, like, when um, they're in the, the room at the police uh, headquarters and they're watching the Voight comp test and mm -hmm. it's like just blue backlight oh, yeah. uh -huh. from behind, just harsh and like so good. And then uh, in the Terrell, when he's given, uh, Rachel, the Voight comp test, yeah. just the, the sunlight and the lighting, everything's just incredible. Well, when the shades are going down and you have like the kind of blue hinting yeah. through, mm -hmm. uh, and that's not even talking about the actual replicant reflection oh, that, yeah. they, that they do in yeah. the eyes. Yeah, in their eyes. I looked up how to do this because I was so curious in 1982 when they're having to like double <laughs> expose film, how did they get this CG eye? And it's not CG at all. They, they basically take a two-way mirror, kind of like a teleprompter, in front of the lens, yeah, and they shine a light from off to the side or below. Uh, so, so, so the, I'm trying to describe this in an audio medium. <laughs> in, in front of the camera lens, they essentially have a piece of glass at a 45 degree angle, mm -hmm. yeah, so that the person they're they're shooting, you know, the, the character that's going to have the the eye effect happening, is in front of them, and the light is off to the side, shining on the point on that mirror where their eyes intersect with the lens. So yeah. basically, you have to line up. Perfectly. The eye line of the person you're shooting, the lens of the camera, and the reflection of the light on this two-way mirror. Yeah. Not the light itself, just the reflection. And when you do, it creates that. It's, it's, it's a similar effect to when you take a photo with like a disposable camera and you have the red eye yeah. effect. It's the same basic idea. Yeah. Um, and and it, so like that they did that throughout this movie in subtle ways, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it was just like anytime they put it in the scene, it's like great. Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing I, I do want to throw out real quick uh, was just the, um, sorry, give me a second. I forgot what I wrote down here. Oh, the only reason I docked it a point was because I feel like, especially in like with the, the toys and the clowns and stuff, it almost gets too unhinged and out of control for me <laughs> at, at a couple points. Yeah. Uh, like other than that though, I think everything you said is, mm -hmm. is great. Like the, the cinematography, the lighting and, and just the aesthetic, the, the world building that happens just visually oh, yeah. in this movie mm -hmm. is, is uh, yeah, almost like unparalleled. Just, like walking down the street or him sitting in his car and then the policeman just kind of comes down yeah. and like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm have, arresting you. And you have like the yeah. street urchins who are like trying to rip something off his yeah. car. <laughs> well, they do rip something off and I can't remember what uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I hope you didn't need that. Yeah. What, Steven, what about you? Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a nine. Yeah. A lot of a lot of similar reasons here. You know, this movie essentially defined visual sci-fi cyberpunk yeah. as mm -hmm. a genre. And there are so many things that draw inspiration from it that, again, even if you're like, well, I just watch modern movies, you know, I want my CGI. And you, you go back and watch this and be like, well, are some of the effects A perfect? little dated. No. Yeah, no. Uh, I think the biggest part where I kind of knocked it for are, you know, we have the scene, I've forgotten the replicant's name, but she's running from him and goes through the glass. Zora. Yeah. And like stuff like that, which that was done very late in production with low budget and it mm -hmm. shows. It definitely shows. Yeah. Sure. So stuff like that, yeah, it hits, but all the other things, just the, the again, the aesthetic that they built up, they created apparently mm -hmm. in the future and by the future... I mean, three years ago. Three years ago. 2019. It cracks me up. It always rains in LA, which, you know, sure. Well, Acid I mean, rain. This, this would be, this would be after, rain. you know, all of the, uh, the the nuclear wastes and whatever yeah. whatever has yeah. caused acid rain to happen. The in, polarized in caps Cal have California melted. All the time. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. California's probably broken free from the U.S. It's floating. It's <laughs> just floating as an island nation. I will say, too, that with the, the final cut, they added 
some CG here and there, and they kind of cleaned up some of the special effects. Yeah. But unlike George Lucas, they didn't go back in and put stuff that did not fit and looked obviously out of place. Yeah. They basically just tried to clean up what they had. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Well, you could definitely tell with the with the final cut, mm-hmm. it is a, a much more polished version yeah. of the visuals. But they don't go so far as for it to look like, here's, you know... 2019 CG thrown into a 1982 <laughs> yeah. movie. And, and one of those instances is, again, the glass-breaking scene with mm-hmm. Zora, where, of course, it was a stunt woman, and in the original theatrical cut, you can tell that it's not Zora as the actress. Yeah. And they actually went in and kind of digitally inserted, maybe not her face, oh, but at okay. least enough to where it made it not Looked as... more like her. Yeah, not yeah. as just like, who's this random lady busting through right. glass, you know? Yeah. Uh, so... Tasteful touch-ups. Yeah. And also, honestly, compared to theatrical, they almost really removed scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lucas, again, really loved the idea of, well, what if we told you more? It's like, dude, we already like the story. We <laughs> yeah, it's like, more. we don't need more. Stop. All righty. Well, speaking of stopping, let's uh, stop spectacle <laughs> and go right into performance. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird second. I got to use whatever you give me here. <laughs> so, performance. Performance. I, already, I went first first. I feel I'll like this first. could be contentious. I don't know, right? I, I gave it a seven. I, I yeah. Um. My my biggest thing is this is Rudger Hauer's film. Yeah. Harrison yeah. Ford is very stiff. It's for it's, the most it's part. It's Hauer's world, and Ford's just living in it. Yeah. Like he he doesn't do a bad job. Yeah. But he's just kind of there. I think Daryl Hannah does a good job of being like um kind of creepy, but she's not given a ton to work with. Sometimes I think that's the ultimate problem with some of the side characters and the smaller she, people. She's is very see, much. Hold, just, hold on now. Well, hold, no, I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. Daryl Hannah was given more than enough to be creepy with, and she was creepy. Oh, right? sure. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> script-wise, she didn't have a ton of lines. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she it wasn't, just, she like, just got to look kind of um, creepily yeah. at the... At the and so, at the, yeah. on that level, she does yes, a good job. she yeah. does a good job. But, yeah, like, I think Rudger Hauer, for me, stands out as, like, the one who's who's doing the mm-hmm. best acting in this movie. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew? Uh, I also gave it a seven. Okay. Uh, just... Basically for the exact same things. Uh, I actually really liked uh, Joe Turkle as um, Tyrell. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love I loved his glasses. His glasses are so cool. <laughs> they're so good. They're, they're so control. 80s. Uh, but no, I totally agree that uh, Rucker, Rucker Hauer is basically the star of the film. It just happens to have Harrison Ford as the main billing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harrison Ford is one of those guys where he kind of <laughs> plays himself in, or he plays the same character in almost every single film that he's in. Right. Yeah. And this this is definitely no different. He just has he always has the surprised face when he gets hurt, and he has the gruff mm, face, yeah. you know, whenever he's not getting hurt. And then his the uh, when he is trying to get into the dressing room and he's doing like the fake voice or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I feel like there's a scene from one of the Indiana Jones movies where he does an impression of somebody or tries to sneak in. He does the same voice almost, <laughs> it, or maybe it's something else. Well, there's, I mean, he you know we have the no ticket scene. From uh yeah no ticket I I don't know like, I don't know yeah. he he Harrison Ford was very flat for this for me um and, and yeah mm-hmm. Rucker Howard is definitely the 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 star of the film I think yeah like, yeah well I even. gave it a six and I am gonna say all the same things that y'all just said <laughs> <laughs> one this is Rutger Howard's movie and we're all just living in it yeah yeah two I don't know if it's the dialogue the directing or or even just the idea that in 1982, these people were told, hey, you're a robot. And they were like, oh, I need to be stiff. Yeah, there's well, like, a lot of kind of like bug eyes. Well, with yeah. Rachel especially yeah. and Sean, yeah. Sean Young, I couldn't tell if like she was stiff or she was being told to play it stiff because yeah. we're supposed to not be sure if she's a replicant or not. Well, you know? and there was like, I, I, you know, mm. and I understand it's kind of meant to be a little bit of a weird relationship with her and and Deckard, but at the it same is. time, well, I mean, it is, <laughs> but like, like plot wise, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's just literally no chemistry yeah. between them at all. Yeah. No, uh, I will say I, I do like uh, William Sanderson's job as JF Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did a good job. You know, obviously he, he, the character lives in very creepy circumstances of his own choosing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could possibly sleep in that series of rooms. In an abandoned, <laughs> weird, giant building that leaks water all the time filled with clown robots and 
that just walk around. Nightmare fuel. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Yeah. Could you imagine any weird thing breaking into your house? You just be like, oh hey, what's up? Are you another one of the weird things <laughs> like, that lives here? Like his whole story, right, is the idea that his his body is degrading, right? It's like yeah. he's only 25, 25 or something, yeah. and it's like, bro, no, your body's not degrading. Like, look at what you're, what you're, look at where you live. <laughs> it's your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like going insane here, bro. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it same kind of stuff. You know, it's it's very very stiff. Mm-hmm. And everyone feels kind of smashed flat, and you know their whole idea of oh, you know Rachel is like a quote unquote perfect replica, you know perfect imitation of a human. It's so hard to tell, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you just look at it, you're like, yeah, it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I am enjoying the conversation. Okay, yeah. she's clearly a replica. <laughs> uh, all right, so score, score of the score, of the score, score of the score. I'm gonna go first. Sure, I'm gonna keep just keep talking. Give it a nine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I will say, so we talked a lot about the spectacle, the scenery, the, yeah. the aesthetic, right? And we just kind of riffed a little bit on most people's performance. Yeah. So if anything was selling the mood and the feel of this beyond the looks, mm-hmm. it's the music. Absolutely. The I mean, the music is as dripping in style oh, as the visual. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like right there along with it. Yeah. But but those those first few scenes where you fly over the city and the just where where What's going? It's just like, oh man, this is this is everything I want out of cyberpunk. The yeah. opening, yeah, scene, yeah, just alone is like a showpiece for how to start something well, and, off and like set the tone. Yeah, well, and and you know, like we we've said a couple times, this is like a genre defining film. Mm-hmm. This is a genre defining film visually and musically. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I I think that this was just knocked out of the park. Yeah, now I I will knock it for some of the sound design. Uh, yeah. Some of the effects are a little rough. Yeah. Although, of course, realizing that Pris breaking the window wasn't on purpose, I'll give that one a pass. Sure. Because I don't. They're just like, oh, just I don't know, break something, make something up for that. Well, and I'll also say that the final cut, the sound mix is way better. It's than way the better. Theatrical yeah. Version. Yeah. 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 Right. I'll Ryan. jump in. I gave it an eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love this soundtrack. I think Vangelis is like the godfather of synth music. <laughs> yeah. And. He proves why with this soundtrack. Again, I said earlier, it perfectly matches the visuals and it Mm -hmm. sets the tone. Where I feel like the soundtrack is lacking is where I also feel like the movie is lacking in some ways is that the action scenes in this movie, a lot of the few of them that there are, there's there's no music. Two and a half? Yeah, there's no music. They just cut the music out entirely. And then in some of the action scenes, like the final one where he's fighting... uh, uh, Roy, not really fighting. He's or, yeah, running. he's running it's away, trying to film. survive. Surviving, Roy. yeah. yeah. Uh, they they just use very subtle music punctuations here and there. Yeah. I feel like that was an opportunity for them to like really get in there and do some not not like I'm not looking for like Terminator One or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> but like there, I feel like there was the the problem I've always had with this soundtrack is it's a perfect mood setter mm-hmm. for the slow you know, like atmospheric part of it. But yeah. anytime there's any action, they just remove the soundtrack. And I feel like it would have been better for me and more of a complete experience if they could have like had some kind of, I don't know, not pumped up music, but just something more than what the the slow kind yeah. of noir inspired aesthetic they were going for the rest of it. But it's still extremely solid. And I yeah. think it, again, it matches the visuals perfectly mm-hmm. in the mood. Andrew, what'd you give it? Uh, I gave it a nine. Nice. Uh, basically, for the exact same reasons you guys kind of <laughs> sure. um, uh, mo- I mean, the the sound styling and just the whole background music is just absolutely fabulous. The mm-hmm. opening sequence of just going through the city yeah. and stuff, oh man, it's great. The the sound design um, is kind of where I knocked it. Was mm-hmm. there's a lot of I actually don't really like the sound of the gun. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's it feels too big for what it is. I don't. I don't know. Well, how in, just, in the opening Voight comp test, the gun—it's got like six barrels or something. So <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. assume that's why it sounded like that. It's because it was like shooting six bullets at once or something. Yeah. But I, you know, there, there's just a couple sound effects here and there, especially in the the street chase mm-hmm. was, was a little just. Ooh, I don't like. It's very hard to tell what's going on yeah. in that scene, anyways. But um, the other the other thing was to, um, there's a lot of, and this is more just the product of the times of like 1980s mm-hmm. is that a lot of the audio is very hard to hear dialogue sometimes yeah. yeah and 
the di- like and there's not a lot of dialogue in this film <laughs> but when they say something it is important mm-hmm. yeah and if you can't hear it then you're going to lose something from that and i definitely will say that the final cut is better out of this than it was definitely yeah, from yeah the absolutely. actual cut where like there's just times where i'm like i have no idea what they just said yeah and we, we maybe this is the point where we should mention that in the theatrical cut they they added basically a narration at the end of it mm-hmm. yeah and the studio made them do that because they were like, people aren't going to understand what this movie is. And so it has this weird epilogue where you <laughs> Harrison, Harrison Ford's Ford. like uh, driving through the country and like mm-hmm. going to yeah, eat a lot of peaches. Dang old Blade Runner just it's, out here rambling. Like, it's, it's really weird. I don't even remember what he says. Do y'all remember anything? In it's the, just kind I, of I, the I, happy ending. I put it out of my head. Yeah, like yeah. I can't remember. It's But yeah, it's like a cheesy happy ending that they, they yeah. added in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly kind of amazing that the film survived as well as it did because when they shot the final action sequence, mm-hmm. that whole shooting was wrapped roughly one hour before the producers basically took over. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So it's it's amazing that it, 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 it survived as cohesively as it could have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we are moving into plot. Yeah. Uh, not me first. I want to hear Ryan. I'll go first. I uh, give it a seven. Yeah. All right. Um, there's not a ton of plot here <laughs> on some levels. Yeah. I mean, there is. But, like, my, my complaint with the plot has always been it kind of, like, the story kind of stiffly moves from one section to point to another yeah. mm-hmm. almost mechanically. Yes. Like, unlike a lot of noir movies where there's, like, a mystery and it's, yeah. like, you're kind of along for the ride of, like, who did it? You know, what's right. happening? It's pretty straightforward of what the next event that needs to happen happens, happens yeah. mm-hmm. you know and it goes through it solidly like yeah. i don't have any big like you know huge plot hole issues like one could look into some stuff like well if these you know replicants are made to be working on you know other places why don't you give them like six arms or yeah. why do they legs, yeah, yeah like <laughs> why would you make them as flawed as us if they're gonna be like i guess that's the other thing is like to that, have that's more a, of a, just a world building. That's more of yeah. a world building thing. Of like, uh, I feel like a, a just mechanical robot would be way better at everything you're sending these. Yeah, but, they, but they'd be terrible at sneaking back to Earth and blending with <laughs> right. humans. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, give me one second. Oh, the other thing I knock it for for sure is the the love, quote unquote, between Ooh. Deckard and Rachel <laughs> is. First off, it's it's non-existent. There's no chemistry. And then there's just that very awkward, I, I guess they were going for like, I'm going to teach you how to love, but it comes across like very sexual assaulty nowadays. Oh, I mean, well, when you look oh, back, I, it, I, it is. I feel like that yeah. scene probably didn't land well even in the 80s. It I probably mean, did. Good grief. But I, the, my only like thing is that maybe they were going for like, he's trying to teach her how to anyways it it's not a good look yeah there's a lot of uh there's yeah like a high amount of cringe during that scene yeah dude like and again just got a concussion and had his life saved by her he's not definitely not all there it's especially even compounded though when they have like no chemistry oh yeah (laughs) no it's just really two two boards just going at it yep (laughs) yeah so (laughs) (laughs) everywhere clack 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 (laughs) what what did you give it steven (laughs) <laughs> I give it two boards out of three. <laughs> Whoa, three boards. Whoa, now. Whoa, slow down. now. Uh, no, for plot, I gave this a seven. Yeah. A, a lot of the same reasons. Uh, you know, we can ignore the whole weird, weird world building thing of, well, my yeah. ideal robot in space has seven yeah. arms, you know, can turn its head backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, it's It's kind of scattered. It's very slowly paced. So... We've dinged it for, or not dinged it, I should say, but we've we've gone after the theatrical version about, you know, the narration and stuff. Yeah. But honestly, having seen it before with the narration and then going back and watching it kind of without the training wheels, it helped a lot that I had some idea what was going on because if you're mm. just watching this fresh, boy, what it, you just don't know what's going on. Well, it, it is one of those movies where the more times you watch it the more you appreciate I think the it. more you get out of it mm-hmm. and the more little things you pick up on yeah. where when you watch it just one time you probably finish it and you're like that was slow and I don't know what really happened yeah you know? <laughs> I, I will also say you know given the fact that these are some very dangerous replicants that have come back to earth mm-hmm. military grade hardware essentially being like one retired dude we're gonna tell you three <laughs> lines and go get them yeah. is definitely a little questionable just in general also, well, and help me out with this one, 
what is it exactly that Deckard is strong-armed back into the service for? Yeah, he says, like, he's not if really... you're not a cop, you're just one of the common folk. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then Deckard, with that. Deckard's like, all right, what do you got? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I mean, you kind of get it a little bit with him, you know, sitting in his car and the cops come by and harass him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, this is my badge. This is who I am. Blah. And they're like, okay, well, you know, have a nice day. If yeah. you're just if you're just a common folk there, you know, well, what are you going to get? I guess you just get harassed yeah. more. Right, we get, yeah. get thrown in jail. But yeah, no, the hooks are not obvious. Yeah. And also the whole purpose of, well, let's go get the one retired dude and send him out here to deal with these people instead of, I don't know, having a squad or anything. Like, yeah. Well, I need the old Blade Runner. Well, the, I guess the real question is, they were all going to die pretty soon. That was another thing. That's another <laughs> so thing. Like, yeah, go hunt them down. Dude, well, we got like, give me like, a week. like a week, right? Why yeah. are we hunting these guys down? Because clearly they're only after one guy. It's it's the principle of the matter. <laughs> well, I guess there is that like kind that, of... That's the, like the hubris of the, hu- of the human race, Well, right? they don't want them to, it to get out that they've made it, I think, I guess back. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just a, a, a perfectly, you know, healthy-looking dude walking down the street just, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, that could be a problem. But also, they were trying to get into the Terrell Corporation headquarters. Yeah. Like, they had, they had, there were originally six. But if they knew that... You think you would just send, be like, hey, bro, I put you on this corner... The rest of y'all are on these other corners. They show up, shoot them. If they don't, in a week, the problem will be fine. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's like, yeah. uh, we need to screen people. Do y'all have, like, a blood test? No, we got this weird thing with a camera and, like, questions. We ask weird questions. It takes sometimes up to 100 questions. Yeah. So <laughs> we can't just do like? a blood test to see if they're... <laughs> no, no. Um, so I, I gave it a seven. Okay. Um, it's... Uh, Basically the same points. I yeah. I had a, a a general problem with the love story or <laughs> lack thereof, um, and yeah, I don't know the the whole thing. Just the whole general conceit of these guys came back from the colonies. Okay, yeah. stop there, and then you're like, well, we need to get rid of them, but they're gonna die in like at minimum four years, and you know when these things were made, right? Right. Like you they didn't have, have a serial you, you number have a, on yeah, these you guys. Have a receipt can... when these are made. Yeah. So at that point, like, you just know that they're going to die in a week. Well, or, and that's, again, something that's not really explained, yeah. is like, is there not like a, maybe it's like four to six years? It, yeah, it could yeah. be kind of like open. They never really give a definitive. Or, or maybe yeah. they're concerned these are so advanced, what if they don't die? Yeah, or yeah. what if yeah. they don't die? Yeah. Or, you know, and that that is totally fine. That was just never explained. No. Because you know? obviously, you know, the, the side plot for the replicants is they're going to like geneticists to try and see if, if there's it can a be way reversed or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So they're trying but, to find a way out. Yeah. The the one thing I will say though from the story is I actually really do enjoy the nuanced kind of questions of like general existence that sure. uh that they kind of ask and kind of like present to the audience as you're kind of watching the film. Because it is definitely especially at the time like it's like if if you're a fake being, do you have you know a soul? Do you have you know a general purpose? Or do you have rights? You are, yeah, do, do you like, deserve yeah. agency? Right? Yeah, because well, yeah. I think it's really reinforced with like the way he guns them down and uh-huh. like the the way he shoots Zora and she just slow motion like falls through this like you know plate glass yep. series of plate glass windows. <laughs> a lot of windows. It's like the music and everything you feel for her. Mm-hmm. You're almost like, like she didn't do anything to deserve this other yeah, than just being just, a replicant. Yeah. But everybody on the streets like, got him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're all just kind of looking like, Oh, yeah. okay. And, and also, so, Decker, oh, sorry, sorry yeah, Decker just, you know, he's firing down crowded streets, right? There's no, <laughs> again, we're, we're in the whole, well, if you're not a cop, you're a common person. <laughs> yeah, this is impunity. Yeah. Like yeah. he's, he has, he can do whatever he wants to here basically. So and, there's uh, a lot of ideas that get brought up. That mm-hmm. That's where I said earlier where it kind of like, it's good at being thought provoking, but it doesn't like really get into the idea of like, should these, you know, replicants have yeah. rights. It leaves that up to you to kind of ponder mm-hmm. on later. Well, yeah. and the final scene with, with Roy and he, you know, clearly Deckard is about to die. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to fall off the cliff mm-hmm. and or fall off the skyscraper, excuse me. Yeah. It, it's a cliff in, in general sense. It's an urban cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, he saves him and, and brings him up and he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, I've made this guy's life a living hell for the past, like, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. And I've just terrorized him for the past, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Just creepily ran down the halls in my underwear for no other <laughs> And uh, I'm going to howl at him like a wolf. Don't mess with me. Yeah, and you know, and and clearly Deckard is completely outmatched with mm-hmm. this. Like yeah. he has absolutely no chance to survive any kind of direct confrontation with yeah. him. And and then you know he just kind of stops and he looks at him. and You're like, I think that's it. 
and then he just dies. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you do at least get some hint that he's having issues with his hand where his oh, hand stops yeah. working and he's like, no, but, not but yet. He knows that his time is, is basically it's right coming there. up. Yeah. And I like that kind, I like that bittersweet ending to where like Deckard isn't a hero here at all. Mm-mm. He no. didn't, he didn't beat anyone. He doesn't win. He's, no. Yeah. 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 And then of course, you know, the guy comes back, you know, like his, the detective guy, he's just kind of like, ah, oh, look at that. You did it. And he's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Where were you 10 minutes ago? Yeah. So yeah. we're kind of getting into more like entertainment levels. Of yeah. I mean, we can carry on from yeah. here. Just uh, yeah. keep going. Andrew, jump in. Keep yeah, going. Keep going. Uh, I gave. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I looked at the right page. I gave entertainment an eight. Okay. okay. Uh, mostly because it is just a very, I have to be very much in the mood to watch this film. Yeah. Uh, but I will say like, so it was going to be way lower than that score. Yeah, this is a much higher score uh, than I expected you to give it. Yeah, honestly. it was gonna be way lower than that score. Honestly, yeah. watching the final cut changed my opinion on this mm-hmm. film. Not like, oh, it, it it made me feel a little bit better about it. it like completely this, changed. This was it. a one eighty from from how it was because like I've seen the film a, a couple times and I it's one of those things I absolutely appreciate what it did to yeah. to just so much stuff, mm-hmm. but then I just didn't like the film. Yeah, and going into it this time with the final cut. It is so much better. So what specifically about the final cut pushed it over it the edge for you? It just made sense. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it made sense. The visuals were were nice and punchy mm-hmm. um, with, the, you know, I guess, like, the higher fidelity kind of finishing that they did on it. Yeah. The sound design was better. The music was good. Uh, you know, like, it, it was far less confusing than it was whenever I watched the theatrical release. Yeah. Yeah, like, if they could have found a way to fix the awkward... Sex we scene? keep calling it a love scene, and I don't. Yeah, it is. It is a sexual assault scene. So like they yeah. could have just cut it yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> like if they if they had found a way to fix that, I think it would have that would have been the yeah. ultimate punch yeah. of the like. Oh yeah, we finally nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, if this is the theatrical release, I'm somewhere around like a four. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm close to like a five and a four ish. Yeah. 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 So it it helps a lot. Uh, adding in, which it wasn't in the theatrical release, the dream, the unicorn dream sequence, which is a shot left over from Legend. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or reused from Legend. Reused. I think it's reused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, helps a little bit with kind of asking the the other question, right? That a lot of people like to throw out there. Is Deckard a replicant? Is Deckard a replicant? Yeah. Because his detective friend leaves the unicorn. The unicorn. Yeah. So is this is this a a shared link where they're both experienced. Are they both replicants? So they do both experience these dreams. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because when you go back to uh, Philip K. Dick's original novel and you know, mm-hmm. the title is do, do androids, androids dream of electric sheep, right? Yeah. So this is kind of your electric sheep. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. I thought that was a better flow, especially losing the, the quote unquote happy ending where they're just yeah. driving off to the countryside. Cause it's just at that point, it's such a, whiplash of scene change yeah it's just too much like well the way can't. the ending is in the final cut with the you with know the like elevator they're mm-hmm. ele- the elevator and they're trying to like get out and the doors open and he sees the origami like all of it is very like in line with the rest of the movie yeah, that yeah it, definitely it feels very on tone the theatrical version that was just the ending mm-hmm. was terrible yeah yeah but I, I will say just you know it is a slow movie but I like the slow I love mm-hmm. the feel the aesthetic the music the ambiance the the just kind of that overall questioning that you get from it. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit, you know, this is in the 80s and nowadays you might look at this and be like, ooh, this belongs on, you know, r slash I'm 14 and this is deep. And yeah, <laughs> it could. But I do like that they they pose a lot of questions and they never actually try to answer them. They just leave them there for you. Yeah. Almost as an aside. Yeah. I'll jump in. I gave it a seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, for... Mostly, I mean, all the same. I think the theme of this episode is one of us goes and the other feel like, yeah, I pretty much agree. (laughs) Like every one of our points has been like that. Uh, The only thing I would just say to me is why it's a seven and not like a 10 Mm -hmm. or a five or whatever is I I think if you're not in the mood for Blade Runner, (laughs) this would be a four or five. Yeah. Like you really have to be in the right headspace to truly appreciate and enjoy this movie because it is... There's not a ton of plot to appreciate and love. It is more style and vision yeah. than it is 
plot. And again, they bring up a lot of thought-provoking questions, mm-hmm. but they don't really explore those questions. So if, mm-hmm. if you want a movie that explores that stuff, watch Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. If yeah. you, you know, want just the mood piece and and you're you're willing to Again, maybe watch Blade Runner a few times because I think you do catch stuff and maybe you've thought about the things it brings up in your own time and come back to it later. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. great. But yeah, at seven for me because it's just, it's not one of those movies I can just watch anytime. Yeah. It, yeah. it fluctuates. Yeah. It, it definitely, you got to be in the mood for it. But when I am, it hits pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely hits right. Yeah. Well, it does sound like we are nearing the end of this show. And while we don't have a Voight Camp test for you to prove that you are a human, we do have a way to prove that you are a fan. <laughs> if you <laughs> I want, was that was going. Uh, if you want to support the show and even get a little something for it for as low as one dollar, you can listen to all of our bonus episodes, and those are done in a different format, a lot more relaxed. We're yeah. just here having fun, uh, kind of starting off the show with a list of possible topics or questions that we choose from at random and just kind of take it on the volley if you will got yep, to kind of wing reactions it. yeah so oh yeah it gets a little contentious sometimes a little spicy when we're trying to hash out you know something like a star wars tier list mm-hmm. but i do think it is a, a great little addition for not a whole lot but if you cannot afford that one dollar that's right if you can't pass the voight camp test voight comp <laughs> <Voight Kampf>, whatever <laughs> then you can still help support the show if you like what you heard let your friends know share yes. us on social media leave a review leave a like specifically a five-star review if you could that'd be great i don't want to twist their arm well here's the thing if we're not a five-star yet Leave the five star and then tell us what we can do to be a five star. But go ahead and leave the five star review because that's how like Apple Podcasts yep. and Spotify, mm-hmm. that's how they, that, the almighty algorithm and we, bubbles and we, us up we, into we other people's feedback. feeds. We love any kind of engagement. We have a Discord that we mm-hmm. um, are very active on. We love to yeah. just talk about anything and everything, what games we're playing, what music we're listening to, what new shows we're watching that we may or may not be reviewing. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously follow us on social. If you see us post something, please like and share it. We just want to get out and spread the word about this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any little thing will absolutely help. But on that note, I do believe that is all the time we have for this episode. Until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And every spoiler was intended.